Hey everyone, this is Joseph Bosco, pastor of Highway Church. Thanks for joining us on our podcast. You know, all of us need the right kind of voices in our lives. Voices that inspire us to know the one who made us. Voices that awaken our divine destiny and reveal to us the goodness of God. Well, that's what this ministry is all about. So enjoy the message. We're going to finish up uh, the, the little series we've been doing. This is part three called In His Presence. And then uh, two weeks from now, after uh, next Sunday, two weeks from now, we're going to start really the, the heartbeat of this year, called t- a series called Taking Possession. And that's the theme of our year, taking possession of the, the purpose and plan and provision of God for your life. That's why every high thing must come down because you have a purpose. You have a divine purpose and nothing is, nothing is, nothing is, is going to hinder that in your life if you just stand on who you are in Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we're going to finish this series up in his presence. And I encourage you to listen to part one and part two and get all you can get out of the, the meals that are prepared for you each Sunday. So it's important to listen while you're here. And while you're here in the warehouse and while you're joining us online, it's important to listen to the ministry of the Spirit during the worship time, during the Word, and receive what the Lord has for you. Um, all of our messages are available for free via our website and uh, all the podcast platforms, Spotify and uh, Apple Podcasts, and you can just go to our website, highwaychurch.us, go to the media page and and choose your platform, and you can listen to all of our messages since uh, the first service we ever had in 2014, Uh, and it's all free, so make us, make, uh, take advantage of all that rich, nourishing food. In this series so far, we said that we've learned that you were created by God for a divine purpose. And that your divine purpose will be revealed through intimacy with Him. This is not about um, getting to heaven. This is not about religious tradition. This is about you having an intimate relationship with the one who made you. This is about knowing Him today better than you know anyone else. It's about knowing the truth of who he is and what he's done for you and who you are in him like you know your own name. Hopefully, no one can talk you out of your name, right? Because you know it. You've, you've heard it. And, and, and it's, it's in writing on your birth certificate, right? Well, you need to know the truths that we share from the Word of God like you know your own name because the devil will try and talk you out of your identity, He doesn't want you to know who Christ is. He wants you to get caught up in all the world's arguments and confusion. He wants you to get caught up in in all the voices of this world. He doesn't want you to know how good God is and what God has done for you through His Son. So your divine purpose, the reason you're on earth, will be revealed to you through an intimate relationship with the one who made you. It's in his presence that the real you comes alive. The presence of God becomes real to us when we believe his word. 
And I know the Bible has been greatly misused, but let's put all that aside and let's just focus on what God has said. If you'll believe his word, you'll begin to experience him. Not legalistically. Many people, many different camps are very legalistic with this book. And legalism puts people in bondage and messes up their lives and their relationship with God. That's not what we're after. We're after this is a love letter to you. That's exactly what it is. From Genesis to Revelation, God revealing himself to us through his people, through his word, by his spirit. Okay? So this is, this is access to the presence of God. Uh, can we put Psalm 1611 up there? Psalm 1611. It's down a bit in the presentation. And it says, you will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. That's what we're talking about. In his presence is fullness of joy. We are exhorting you to spend time alone with the one who made you. And you say, well, I've never done that before. That's okay. You can start today. How do I start? Just start talking to him. Say, God, show me who you are. Teach me how much you love me. Reveal yourself to me. I open my heart to you. Jesus, be Lord of my life. I believe that you are the way and the truth and the life. That you came so that I can have a relationship with the Father. Jesus, show yourself to me. That's how it begins. Just like that. That's how it begins. In his presence is everything you're looking for. All the good things, right? There's nothing bad in his presence. There's no evil with him. No evil can dwell with him. God doesn't do bad things. He doesn't do bad things to good people. He doesn't do bad things to bad people. That's not who he is. If you've thought differently, you need to change the way you're thinking about him because he's good. He's good all the time to everybody. All right? He's good all the time to everybody. He can't change. It's who he is. So as we believe his word, we looked at John 1.1. You don't have to put it up there. We looked at it. John 1.1 last week says, In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. As we put our faith in the word of God, we begin to experience his presence, and we become like children in his presence. In other, you know, I'm talking, when I say like children, I'm talking about that wide-eyed wonder that, that I'm ready to believe anything my dad says. Let's put that up there, Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18, we're going to start in verse 1. This is Jesus talking. In John 14, 6, he said, I am the way. And the truth and the life, no one comes to the Father but through me. This is who's talking right now. This is uh, the only begotten Son of God who was conceived in the womb of the Virgin Mary by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Matthew 18, verse 1, he said, At the time the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who then is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus calls a little child to him. And when you're reading the scriptures, try and imagine, put yourself in the moment. Don't just read it. This is, these, are, these are real accounts of real people doing real things. There's no fairy tales in the Bible. Right, right, right. Hallelujah. 
Then Jesus called a little child to him, set him in the midst of them. So you're seeing this, so his disciples, his disciples are arguing, who's the greatest? And they come to Jesus, and Jesus <laughs> brings a little child to him. I'm just picturing that. I love Jesus. Isn't he amazing? He brings a little child to him, and he sets, them, sets this little child in the midst of the arguing disciples. <laughs> that must have shut him up pretty quick, right? What's this kid doing here? And Jesus said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted, changed, and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. He's not talking about getting to heaven. He's talking about experiencing God's kingdom in your life today. The kingdom of God is within you, Jesus said. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Right? Little, little kids think their parents can do anything. They think their parents are limitless. <laughs> well, we're not, but God is, right? So we can be like that with him because he is everything a parent should be. Right? He's perfect in all his ways. Hallelujah. Uh, the message translation of verse 3. Let's read that one. Jesus said, I'm telling you once and for all that unless you return to square one, that's a humbling, isn't it? I thought I knew everything. What do you mean? Go back to square one. When you come to know the maker of heaven and earth, you realize we don't know anything. We really don't, apart from him. We don't know anything. You know that any invention that has been beneficial to mankind came by a revelation from the Holy Spirit? That doesn't mean the person who had it recognized God when they got that invention. God puts gifts in everyone he makes. That's what he does. He, when he knits someone together in the, in the womb of their mother, he puts gifts in them. They may never acknowledge him. They may use their gifts and take all the credit for them and use the profit from those, for those gifts for themselves or for ungodly reasons, but God gave them those gifts. God doesn't take away someone's gift because they don't use it for him. He's not like that. When he gives you something, it's yours forever. That might mess with your theology, but look, read the scriptures. God doesn't give like the world gives. And we, we, so many people throughout history that maybe were very gifted intellectually or in business or creativity or any of, any of the fields. And many of them knew God and acknowledged God, and some did not. But they still were able to use their gifts, right? So you can't tell what's from God or what's not from God based on uh, who has the gift, but on the quality of the gift. Is it good? Is it edifying? Then God gave it to that person. Are we still here? Do you think someone had to grow up in church to use a gift God gave them? Of course not. doesn't matter if they ever come to the doors of a church. God's given everyone gifts. How they use it is up to them. You all right with that? It's called freedom. And God, that's God's idea. God can't force anyone to follow him, and he doesn't want to do that. Because that's not love. I didn't force my wife to marry me. She forced me to marry her. No. Neither way. Neither way would be love, right? That's what God, he wants people to choose him. To choose him, right? 
Hallelujah. So you got to go back to square one with God. Are you okay going back to square one? Sure. In other words, you've got to take him at his word. And if what he says comes against something you've believed for 30 years, you're ready to let go of it. That's a big deal. Many are not. I'll follow God, but as soon as I hear something that disagrees with what I believed, that's where I stop. And I'll just keep holding on to my beliefs, and I'll follow God over here, and I'll believe what I believe over here. And they're, they're cheating themselves. No, we go back to square one, which is, God, you are the maker of heaven and earth. You're the alpha. You're the omega. Whatever you say is my reality. Square one. You say it, my truth. Your word, my truth. Square one. We good with square one? Your word, my truth. There's square one for you. I like that. I can, I can learn. I said, okay, okay, God, you said this. Now teach me. Teach me about that. Doesn't mean I understand everything he says. But teach me about it, Lord. But there's square one. Your word, my truth. All right? And start over. Uh, and start over like children. You're not even going to get a look at the kingdom. So unless God's word is your truth, you're not going to experience his will for your life consistently. You'll experience some of it because he does everything he can to bless us. But you won't live in the fullness of his plan for your life. Okay? Therefore, whoever, uh, excuse me, whoever becomes simple and elemental again, verse 4, your word, my truth. You say it, I believe it. Right? I don't try and change it to make it fit with what I previously believed. I get rid of what I previously believed, and now I believe what you said. This is, this is it. I'm telling you, this simple truth will set you free. This is where people's lives are changed or people get stuck. I like the idea that God loves me, but the idea that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, I'm not sure about that. Well, you got you to go with what he said, right? You got to take him at his word, right? Square one. He says it, we believe it, right? Hallelujah. Simple and elemental, that's us. The Passion Translation says, learn this well unless you dramatically change your way of thinking. And that simple truth will dramatically change your way of thinking. Whatever he says, I believe. So now I'm, I'm not on the throne of my life anymore. He is. Right? I've given him the throne of my life. I now acknowledge him as God. And even if I've studied and excelled in a certain area, but God says something that doesn't agree with what I've achieved or studied, I go with what he said. Oh, man. How we do it? Square one is a wonderful place to be. But it's just the beginning of the wonder of him. But it's, it's where it's at. Have you gone back to square one? And I'm telling you, it's just as simple as opening this book and believing everything you read. It's just that simple. But what about this? What about that? Just keep reading. 
Say, teach me, Father. I don't understand everything in this book. I never will. For all of eternity, we'll be uncovering the, the glorious uh, truths of God's Word. It's limitless. But there's a, a lot in here I do understand <laughs> that's made my body whole and keeps it whole, made my family whole and keeps it whole, it's made our marriage amazing and our family amazing by just opening this book, believing it, and speaking it for 30-some years. Amen. That's all you got to do. It's that simple. Just believe it, speak it. Read it, believe it, speak it. Learn this well. Unless you dramatically change your way of thinking and become teachable and learn about heaven's kingdom realm with the wide-eyed wonder of a child, you will never be able to enter in. Whoever continually humbles himself to become like this gentle child is the greatest one in heaven's kingdom realm. This is happening still every time I open this book just about. I'll read something that might challenge me. And you know what I do? I give way to it. Okay, Lord. Okay, Lord. I've got to make a shift in the way I've been thinking. Help me do that. And that'll happen for the rest of my days and your days too because we don't know it all. But we've given the throne of our lives to Jesus. We're not concerned about what our family thinks of us, right? Hello? We're not living for our family. We're living for Jesus. Come on, right? We're living for Jesus. Who are we living for? Yeah, absolutely. Hallelujah. The greatest blessing you could ever be to your family uh, would be to, to be a person who's living for Christ alone. It's the greatest blessing you could ever be to your parents or to your children. How it's the greatest thing you could ever do for anyone is to live fully for Christ, to give Jesus the throne of your life. Hallelujah. So we continually humble ourselves as we grow in our relationship with Him. We continually humble ourselves. We continually surrender to who He is and what He's done for us and say, yes, Lord. Right? Hallelujah. So a little child, we had so much fun uh, with our kids at every season of their lives. We're having a more fun now with them. But I'm thinking back to when they were little, you know, they couldn't go anywhere by themselves. You had to put them in a stroller or a, or a carrier or a, what do we call the snuggly thing, yeah, or a car seat. Become like a child. You know, you can't go anywhere apart from the, your heavenly father. He has to carry you. I'm just being real with you. You need his strength to take you where you're called to go. You do. And I know that can be humbling, but listen, we can't inhale without his grace. We can't. We can't blink. We can't do anything without his grace and his strength. So little children need to be carried. They need to be brought uh, where, where it is that they need to go. Little children don't know what to eat. (laughs) <laughs> they can chew on a shoe. All right, how about this? I mean, you want to hear something funny? I'm thinking back to when I was probably maybe four years old, five years old, and I just, speaking of eating a shoe. And I, I, I was, uh, uh, grew up in, a, in a, some, some crazy situations, but this is something funny. Uh, there was a, a kid on my street that was older than me, 
And he said to me, I'll give you my Slim Jim if you kiss the bottom of my shoe. You guys know what a Slim Jim is? It's a beef jerky. So you know what I did? I kissed the bottom of his shoe so I get that Slim Jim. You know what that was? Stupid. Yeah. Kids don't know what to eat, right? They don't know what to eat. They need, they need their parents to teach them what to eat, right? Children shouldn't teach their parents what to eat. Parents should teach their children what to eat, right? We made up our minds as parents that our children would eat what was set before them. There's no option of throwing a fit. That's just not an option. From day one, that's not an option. You don't throw a fit. You eat what you're given, and you be thankful for it, right? This is, we're, we're, we're still in square one, aren't we, right? Square one, right? Yeah. So we need to learn what to eat, right? We need to understand the Word of God. That's why, why God gives you His Spirit, right? And that's why God gives you, gives you a highway church, right? And God gives you ministers like Mary Francis and, and myself and Jennifer and pastors, evangelists, uh, apostles, prophets to, to help you. Realize how good he is, right? To help you grow in the goodness of God. Children don't understand what's right or wrong. They don't. They, have, they, have, they can kind of sense when something's not right, but they're not old enough. They can get taken advantage of, right? We need the Holy Spirit. We need the wisdom of the Father so that Satan doesn't take advantage of us so he don't kiss the bottom of his shoe to get something, right? He's got all kinds of offers for you. If you'll do this, you can have this. If you do this, you can have this. And sometimes those offers come from attractive people with, with, uh, with a lot of money. But we need our Father, our Heavenly Father, to help us see what is right and wrong, what is good and what is bad, what, what steps we need to take and what, either forward or away from certain situations, right? We become like children in his presence. Hallelujah. And going along with what Jesus said, look at 1 Peter 5, verse 6. Whoever continually humbles himself, 1 Peter 5, verse 6, says, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time or at the proper time. So what is God's plan for your life? To exalt you. Hello? What's God's plan? To lift you up and cause you to win. It is God's plan for you to succeed in life. That he may exalt you at the proper time. Now, how do we humble ourselves? Well, we, 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 we believe his word, right? Everything he says, we believe it. And if we do that, this is what we'll do. Verse 7, we'll cast all of our cares upon him. Right? Casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Yeah. Here we are, square one. So if I have something that's, that's causing me anxiety or stress, what do I do with it? Square one, cast it on him. I'm humbling myself. If I keep it, that means I think I can fix it. So I'm exalting myself. I think I'm the answer to my problem, right? And boy, have I done that way too many times. <laughs> I was convinced if I just said the right thing or did the right thing or rearranged these things in my life, it would work out. But I needed God. It's humbling to know you need God to breathe. To learn to rely on Him for, for your body to work. 
for your brain to function. For everything you do, you're relying on the power of the Holy Spirit in you. It's a total reliance upon Him. We're totally relying upon Him like little children rely upon their parents. Hallelujah. Casting all of our care upon Him. For He cares for us. The Amplified says, casting the whole of your care. This is how we humble ourselves. We cast all of our care upon Him. The Amplified says, all your anxieties... Anxiety is a thief and a robber. It will steal strength from you. It will steal sleep from you. It will steal resources from you. Do not allow it in your life. Cast all of your anxieties on him. All your worries. There are some parents who think that worrying is part of being a parent. It's not. It's not. It's not. Worrying means I'm expecting something bad to happen, and believers don't do that. We live by faith, not fear. Oftentimes parents will say, well, I'm just worried about you because I love you. That's not love. That's fear. Hello. We believe for our children. We're not worried about them. We believe God for our children. Are you hearing me? We speak faith and love and strength and victory to our children. We trust God for their lives. Great is the well-being of our children, right? A lot of things get attached to love that, as far as the world is concerned, but it's not love at all. Worry, anxiety has nothing to do with love. It's fear every time, every single time. But it's my baby. It's fear. Believe God for your baby. Believe God for your kids. Your worry is not going to help them. It's going to hinder them if they listen to you. Worry and anxiety are never good. They're never beneficial. But it's my children. It's never beneficial. If you love your children, believe God for them. Stand in faith for them. Believe God for them. Hallelujah. We okay? Square one's good, isn't it? The whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns... Gee, what am I going to do? That's everything, right? All my worries, anxieties, concerns. What, that takes up my whole day, right? Now I'm going to have to let all that go. I'm going to have all kinds of time on my hand. Yeah, to focus on his plan for your life instead of worrying. To develop your gifts. To do the things he's called you to do instead of spending time being anxious and worried and concerned. They are thieves that rob you of your time, your energy, your strength, your resources, and your peace. Hallelujah. Continually humbles himself to become, excuse me, yeah. Did I read, let me go back to the Amplify. I'm sorry. Verse 7. The whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all. Have you ever noticed when you cast an anxiety on him, it tries to come back? <laughs> it's like, uh, I don't know if you've ever been vacuuming or cleaning and static electricity and Something jumps up onto your clothes. you got to pull it off, up, come, right, and shake it off. Sometimes you have to do that with worry and concern. Get off of me. Take a hike. Go. You have no place here. Once and for all, you're done. I'm done with you. I believe God. Hallelujah. I believe God. I will not worry. God is the strength of my life. God is my victory. Hallelujah. Cast it on him once and for all. It's done. I'm done with that. 
I'm done with being concerned about that. I'm done. I will not entertain that concern anymore. I'm done. Hello. I will not worry about that anymore. I will not be anxious about it. Why? Because God has sent His Word. Because God has declared His will to me through His Son, Jesus Christ. God is for me. Hallelujah. What do I need to be concerned about if God is my Father? Really? Right? What do I need to be concerned about if God is my Father? For He cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. The New Century Version says He will lift you up when the right time comes. See, when the timing's right, God will, God will bring it about. Just put it in His hands. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This is what happens when you're in His presence. Hallelujah. Worries become weak and, fa- and fa- fall off and concerns, and you realize, I've got this. I've got the victory in Christ Jesus. He's leading and guiding me. He's got my future. He's causing me to prosper. He's working all things out for my good. He's accomplishing those things that concern me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's encompassed my whole life, and he's working 24-7 on my behalf. You see, when, you, when square one is a reality to you, When what he says becomes the foundation of how you live, you become strong and immovable. And the devil can't play with you. In his presence, we become strong and immovable. We become worry-free, anxiety-free, depression-free, addiction-free, sickness-free in His presence. Lack-free, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. Why? Because He said so. But you don't have this and you can't do that. No, it doesn't matter. He said it. The Lord's my shepherd, therefore I will not lack. Those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. The blessing of the Lord brings wealth. He adds no sorrow to it. That, that settles it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, let's go back to 1611 again. Psalm 1611. Are we still awake? We're doing good? Yeah. Woo! You praying for the patriots? That was, a, that was a fierce whooping they took last night, huh? Woo! Yeah. Psalm 1611. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy and your right hand pleasures forevermore. Now, let me ask you a question. If Nehemiah 8.10 says, Do not be grieved, the joy of the Lord is your strength, and in His presence is fullness of joy, what happens when you spend time in His presence? Joy and strength. You become strong. If you're feeling weak, meditate on what God has said and spend time with Him. And strength will come. In His presence is fullness of joy, and that's your strength. In His presence is fullness of strength. Strength and joy go together. They do. In His presence is the strength you need to overcome. Hallelujah. This is good. I'm just listening myself, and I'm, I'm having a wonderful time up here. Yeah. Hallelujah. 
See, we become strong, we become immovable, and he teaches us to see things as he sees them. So what the world is freaking out about is no problem to us. I love his presence. And I'm boasting in the Lord, but I'm telling you, and I've had a lot of opportunities to be stressed in 50-some years, 53 years. What is this? Uh, in April, will be 53. Yeah, Lots of opportunities. And in my walk with the Lord, but I'm telling you, when you, uh, when you just stay with square one, he says it, I believe it, what the world is stressing about will not have any effect on you. And we've seen all kinds of stuff just in the last two years. It's, as far as me and our family goes, it's like it's not even happening. This is what it was like for God's people in the land of Goshen. And this is what it will be like for you if you, if, you're, if you start with square one. You can be in the center of what the world is calling a, a, a whatever, and you will keep moving forward. You will keep moving forward. You will keep moving forward. But you've got to go with what God has said and not what man is shouting to you at the top of his lungs with the media behind him. Are you willing to exalt what God has said above the authority and wisdom of man? I highly encourage you to do so. This is where his presence is, through simple faith in what he said. Hallelujah. Now look at this. This is so good. <laughs> Psalm uh, 62, 63. Well, let me, let me just think about this for a second. Let's go right to Psalm 92. Psalm 92. Hallelujah. Psalm 92. In his presence, we become strong and immovable under every condition, under every circumstance. <laughs> Glory to God. It's good to know the one who made you. All fear goes. Psalm 92, verse 12. Are you ready? The righteous man will flourish like the palm tree. Now, who's righteous? Anyone who's put their faith in Jesus Christ, right? God made Jesus sin on the cross. And anyone who believes in what Christ did, God uh, transfers his righteousness to that person. So don't, when you read this, the righteous man, if you put your faith in Christ, that's you. You are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, right? It's not about someone who does everything right. We can't do that. We've all failed. Hello, are you with me? We've all failed. This is talking about those who put their faith in Christ. Those who are born again, those who are new creatures in Christ Jesus, will flourish like the palm tree. He will grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still yield fruit in old age. They shall be full of sap and very green. When? Their whole life. 
to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. The New International Version in verse 14 says, they will still, they will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green in his presence. We become fresh and green. Square one. The New King James Version says, They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. To declare that the Lord is upright, He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in Him. The message translation says, Transplanted to God's courtyard, they'll grow tall in the presence of God. Lith and green. Viral. Still in old age. Such witnesses to upright God, my mountain, my huge holy mountain. What does lith mean? Anybody know? Is it life? I think it's lith. I looked at the pronunciation in the dictionary. Yeah. Viral, thank you very much. What did I say, viral? Did I spell it right? Is it V-I-R-I-L-E? What did I say? Like a video that's gone viral. <laughs> Virals, thank you. Thank you. I'm still learning how to speak English. But I think it's pronounced lift, I think. But the definition is this, agile, limber, and graceful in old age. Agile, limber, and graceful. Touching your toes, no problem. Agile, limber, graceful. Dancing, absolutely. Graceful. Isn't this what the word says? Green. What is green? It speaks of strength, vitality, right? How do you say this word again, Mark? V-I-R? Virile. Thank you. It's characterized by strength and energy. So what I like to do when I learn the definitions of words, I then like to read the verse with the definitions in there. All right? So it says, uh, they'll grow tall in the presence of God, agile, limber, graceful, Green, characterized by strength and energy in old age. That's right. That's right. We're just reading the Bible. Right. Square one. Are you going to believe that or are you going to believe all the commercials you see on TV about old age and all the drugs you need to take so you can get, go to, walk to your mailbox? Seriously. This is it. The strength for your whole life is found in Him. For your whole life. Agile, limber, graceful, green, fresh, full of life, characterized by strength and energy even in old age. Hallelujah. This is what happens when we take Him at His Word, when His Word becomes the foundation that we operate on, when we spend time in His presence, we become strong. We become virile. Is that right? And we post viral videos on YouTube of our virile life because we're spending time in His presence, right? That's a tough one. I'll get it one of these days. 
Hallelujah. Now, at the beginning of the Psalm, uh, verse 12, it says, The righteous man will flourish like the palm tree. He'll grow like a cedar in Lebanon. It says, Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. I want to exhort you in 2022 to plant yourself right here. I have yet to meet a spiritually strong person who does not regularly attend a local church. I don't, I've, I've not met one. Now, I know traveling ministers who travel extensively, but when they're home, they have a church they go to. And, and, and I, I'll tell you this, I, I, no matter where I'm at on earth, I'm going to look for a church that preaches the fullness of the gospel. Because I've got to be a part of that. So I want you to know that in his presence in your personal life is essential. But you need to plant yourself. What does that mean? It means I've given, I've recognized what God has given me in this church. And I'm, I'm connected. I'm planted in it. I'm, I'm fully participating. I'm worshiping the Lord and I'm receiving the word of God that's coming. And I'm going to meditate on that during the week. I'm going to grow in it. And I'm going to grow stronger. So many believers are struggling because they haven't planted themselves in a good house of worship. And I'm telling you, when you, when you get into a place that will preach the fullness of the gospel and, and, and give way to the Holy Spirit and teach you about who you are in Christ and what he's done for you, that God is good, uh, that Christ came, you might have life and life abundantly, you will grow stronger. It's just how it works. But if you treat it lightly and you come every now and then, it's just not going to work. I'm telling you, we, we've had some amazing get-togethers and Bible studies, and, and, and we select topics. Uh, we believe as the Lord leads us. We've had some topics that would absolutely make your body whole, your mind whole, cause you to prosper, and many people don't show up because <laughs> they're not planted. I'm telling you, the, the get-together, the book we're reading now, you've already got it, would absolutely transform your whole life by Andrew Woman. Great book. Yeah, transform your whole life. I, I, and we've done so many wonderful books, Destined to Reign and Living the Let Go Life. And whew, we just had some powerful ones. Love the Way to Victory, uh, The Bait of Satan, Learning How to Not Give In to Offense and and, uh, but, you know, so God has prepared a table for you here, but if you don't eat it, right, you're not going to benefit from it. So there are great benefits to planting yourself in the house of the Lord. You plant yourself, you will flourish. And that, and this has been that way in my life for over 30 years. I, I realized if I want to grow in Christ, I need a church that I can be a part of to hear the word of God. And wherever we've lived, whatever state, whatever country we've lived in, we sought after that. Hallelujah. We realize how important that is. I can't emphasize it enough. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about the body of Christ and being, being, becoming a, a flourishing palm tree and a, a cedar of Lebanon. Why is it talking about palm trees? Very interesting. Palm trees are really special. And have you ever seen pictures of a hurricane and the palm trees are going, but they don't break after the storm's done. They're just like they were before the storm came. Isn't that amazing? Right? Other trees snapping, blowing down the road and 
Right? The palm tree just storms over. Hello. Right? Planted in the house of the Lord. Great strength is available to you through this ministry. I'm just being real with you. Someone's got to tell you. Because there are a lot of other voices that will tell you otherwise. That will try and keep you from planting yourself here. Don't plant yourself at highway in 2022. Amazing. Amazing. This is square one again. (laughs) This has been God's plan from the beginning. He's always had a congregation of people wherever wherever he wanted work done. He would rally people to hear his word and follow his plan. Hallelujah. Even Adam and Eve was the first congregation, right? (laughs) Hallelujah. So what is it about palm trees? How can they just ride out a hurricane no problem? Well, there's something special about them. It's their internal makeup. It's different than than like oak trees and other trees. the, The way they're built inside enables them to be flexible. And you've got to understand that when you put your faith in Christ, you're internally a different person. You're a new creation in Christ. And, and the storms that, that would have broken you before aren't going to affect you anymore. They won't affect you anymore. You can't be broken again. Hallelujah. Because you've been made new on the inside. People might not see your outside, might not look any difference, but you're a new creature inside. You're a new creature, so things don't affect you like they used to affect you. And what's amazing, I don't know if you've seen any pictures of palm trees, but I, I just saw one where there was a beach, and then there was a, you know, where all the, the kind of the trees and the woods started was back from the beach. But this one palm tree shot out almost like parallel to the ground because it couldn't get sun. But something about palm trees is they will find a way to get to the sun. They, they will twist, bend, go around. Just they've got to get to the sun. And I'm thinking when we lived over in Europe, my wife and I, we were looking for, for a, a, a church to plant ourselves in. And it was so hard to find. This is before cell phones, so that tells you how long ago it was. This was before the Internet. Didn't have any of that. Um, this was back in the... Uh, 95, 94, 95, um, last millennium, right? But I'm telling you, we, we had a friend of ours from Ohio sending us cassette tapes so we can hear the word. Cassette tapes, you know? The, so, yeah, before, this was before CDs, I guess. I don't remember. But anyway, yeah, cassettes is what we got. And you, so you had to put that little physical cassette that were kind of flimsy, you know, and ship it over across the Atlantic so we could hear the word planted in the house of the Lord. We've got to have it. We've got to have the word of God. We've got to, no matter what, I'm going to find the word. I'm going to plant myself in a place where I'm getting the sun. I'm getting the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't care what's, I'm going to be, they grow upright. They just point to the sun. And that's the way they're made. They're determined to do that. It's amazing. Palm trees can grow in the desert. Isn't that amazing? Where other things would shrivel up in a very short period of time. There they are. Right? Dry, barren surroundings. Isn't that amazing? Droughts don't affect them. 
Why? Because their roots, is very cool, they just have this, built into them, their roots just search out water deep into the ground. They just have this root structure that just says, where's the water, where's the water, where's the water? And as a result, palm trees are a symbol to a traveler in the desert of water. They point the way to the water. Come on, believers in Jesus Christ. Listen, the world is a desert. The wisdom of man is a desert. But we're here to point the way to the wisdom of God that will make you whole and set you free. Amen. Like palm trees. Hallelujah. Oh, God is so good. Cedar trees. What about cedar trees? Have you ever smelled cedar? Wow. It's special, isn't it? They use cedar for colognes. The aroma of cedar is used for essential oils, like the cedar of Lebanon. Hallelujah. God always causes us to triumph, and through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the aroma of Christ, right? The fragrance of Christ, of the victory he's given us, like cedars in Lebanon. So we, our lives point the way to God, point the way to the Holy Spirit. We're, we're upright. We're moving forward. Storms don't, have, storms don't, don't, don't affect us like they do those who don't know him. They don't. In fact, we take authority over storms like Jesus our Lord did, right? And there's an aroma about us that's sweet. It's the love of God. It's the love of the Father. Hallelujah. Cedar repels pests. So there might be some people leaving your life (laughs) when you spend a lot of time in his presence. It repels pests, I'm telling you. It's not you, it's just they don't want, they, they, they've just chosen to go in a direction contrary to God. And that's okay. You still love them, but you're sweet smelling. And you repel pests, right? And cedar is amazing. It, it resists harsh weather conditions, and it's resistant against decay. Isn't that amazing? This is who we become. Isn't that what we said? Virile. Right? Strength, energy. Live or live. Agile, limber, graceful. All our days fresh and green. We resist decay. This is who we are. Hallelujah. Cedars can live some of, live for a thousand or more years. The righteous man will flourish like the palm tree. He will grow like a cedar and limited, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. We're talking about his presence. So this is square one. God says it, I believe it. And I get in his word to find out what he said. And I, I, it, you're not going to learn it all. You just take your time. You can start with John chapter 1. Or Psalm 16, or where, but take your time. Get in His Word. Daily make time to spend with Him. Just set aside some time. Get in His presence and let Him turn you into a palm. Let Him turn you into a cedar. Someone who's strong and smells sweet and points the way to the Father. But along with your personal relationship, plant yourself in the house of the Lord. Plant yourself at highway. Plant yourself 
Wherever you're at, maybe listen, plant yourself. Those of you who are participating online, you can, you can plant yourself on highway through the Internet. Just plant yourself. Say, okay, this is going to be my church. If you, if you don't have a place like this that you can get to, plant yourself, but you've got to fully participate. You can't treat it like a music video or just have it playing in the background. You've got to set a time, side time. You're spending. So here we are, whether we're online or whether we're here, we're, we're spending time personally with the Lord every day. We're seeking Him. We're in His Word. We're meditating on the Word. We're not being legalistic. We're just passionately pursuing His presence. And then we plan ourselves in our church, and we're there consistently. Now, if we can't make it, we're on vacation, or we're work, something comes up, work, whatever, that's understandable. But in our, we're planted, and we come consistently because it's a part of our growth, and we want to flourish, Right? That's so good. And these have been staples of our lives for decades. And it's amazing that everything God says here in Psalm 92 is so true. But you do have to choose to plant yourself. Now, something else about palm trees I just thought of. You know what they do? They, uh, they shed unnecessary branches and weight so the storm doesn't have anything to grab a hold of. Why do I bring that up? Because the church is full of people. And anytime there are more than one person, one person or more, I should say, present, there's an opportunity for offense. Right? Because we're all people. And we all make mistakes. And we're all learning and growing. So the palm tree sheds unnecessary weight. So that the storm can, unnecessary, what's unnecessary weight for you? Unforgiveness and offense, right? So as you plant yourself in the house of the Lord, we're not coming here because uh, everyone's perfect and, and everyone, you know, says things I like to hear. We're coming here to grow in Christ. Being offended is never a good reason to leave a church. Offense is a trap of the enemy. And if you would have come to our get-togethers with the bait of Satan, you would have had an amazing study on that. Right? That's his trap. So he wants to get you offended so when the storm comes, you get blown away. Right? Offense is a trap, and we shed that. Right? That means if John's going to root for Dallas, I love him anyway. Right? It's true. That's all right. If Dallas beats the Patriots, then I, I still love John, right? No, but it's true, right? We've got to love one another, and we've got to shed this. They didn't say this, or they said this, all right? I can't believe what they done. We don't live like that. We don't live like that. We love one another with the love of Christ. We shed these weights. We shed these unnecessary things so the storm can't pull us down, right? Hallelujah. God is good. Thank you, Father, for this time together. Thank you, Lord, for all the things you're doing in us in 2022. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, glory to your name. Lord, we choose to be in your presence every day. We choose to pursue you. Lord, we choose to believe everything you've said and done through your Son. You say it, we believe it. You've done it, we believe it. 
Help us, Father, to grow, to plant ourselves in the house you provided for us and to flourish like the palm tree and grow tall like the cedar and be the sweet-smelling symbols and, and, and conduits of your presence everywhere we go. In Jesus' name, amen. God is so good. We want to invite you to continue to grow in the knowledge of His goodness, who He is, what He's done for you, and who you are in Him. Check out our websites at josephbosco.us and highwaychurch.us and begin living the abundant life He came to give you.